Sabbath. My name is Jennifer Ray, and I'm here with a few of my friends from Southern Adventist University um, who are also student missionaries. Um, student missions, for those of you who are not aware, is a program that Adventist universities have which allows students to set aside academics for a year and to focus solely on serving God in a community, whether locally as a task force position or somewhere abroad. Uh, We believe missionaries are people who choose to serve God intentionally through the way that they live their lives. And the way that they live their lives um, represents to others God's love, and it makes other people want to know God more. Um, Today we want to encourage each of you to consider how God is calling you to be a missionary in your world. For many of you, it may not be um, in some global capacity. It might be right here at home. So we want you to think about that today as we tell you about our experiences as student missionaries. Um, Each of us will share a little bit about our experience, where we went, what we did. But we're also going to kind of walk you through four of the stages of service Um, I'd like to start with telling you a little bit about how I felt called to serve. Uh, I wanted to be a student missionary my whole life. I'd grown up hearing all of these cool mission stories. My dad went to Korea as a student missionary when he was in college, and my sister went to Peru. So I heard all these amazing stories, and I really wanted to have my own experience. Uh, Sometimes God calls us to do something that we desire, just like how I'd always wanted to be a student missionary. But other times, his call is a bit more hard to handle, and it's a bit of a struggle. Um, So how did I feel called? I'd been planning on going during my junior year of college. I'd wanted to get a few years of life experience under my belt, feel a little bit more prepared, have a little bit more education. I wanted to feel qualified. But during my freshman year... I went to the student missions Vespers one Friday night, and they made the call, and I felt myself standing up and going forward, and I was thinking to myself, this isn't right, this is supposed to be happening next year. I'm supposed to be more qualified than this. But God was telling me to go forward and to dedicate the next year of my life to serving him, and it was a big surprise. I went back to my dorm room that night, And I got on the internet on the He Said Go website, and I started looking through all of the calls that the General Conference has listed. Um, Two things specifically that I wanted. This is probably where I first went wrong. I said I was not going to an island. I thought that was really cliche. Everyone goes there. They end up surfing. They're not really missionaries. It's not a mission field. Um, And I said it had to be, I had to be teaching, and it had to be below fifth grade because a lot of fifth graders are bigger than me, for one thing, and I don't know if I can do, at the point, I thought, I don't know if I can do fifth grade math, so I can't teach that. (laughs) So I'm looking at all these calls on the internet, and I found this really cool opportunity to go to Egypt as a pre-K teacher. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Um, I started the process a few days later, going through the interviews, um... I thought, this must be just what God wants, because I found the perfect thing. It's what I want. And I started going to thrift stores and buying really long missionary skirts. Um, I went through the interview process. I got accepted. There was no delay. 
everything fell into place. I dyed my hair brown so I fit, would fit into the culture more. Everything was going perfectly. Um, and then, this was the summer of 2013, uh, I don't know how many of you remember, but the Arab Spring started happening in Egypt. And I was working at Cata Springs Youth Camp, and I was following news coverage pretty regularly because I wanted to stay updated on what was happening, where I was going. And I kept seeing pictures and stories of some unrest, and I started getting nervous. I got an email from Julie, the student missions coordinator, saying, you need to choose another location. You're leaving in two weeks, and you have to choose something else. And I want you to choose an island. <laughs> I thought, great. Thanks, God. This is not what I wanted. Um, this is not what I thought you'd called me to. So two weeks before I left, I kind of picked an island out of the list. I said, sure, Pompeii, Micronesia. Whatever, I'll go there. Second grade sounds great. I told God no islands. I told God below fifth grade. The very location that he sent me to was not what I wanted, and what I thought he'd promised to me turned out only to be my own desire. So ironically, when I get to Pompeii, the principal says, hey, actually, we need you to teach fifth grade. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> All of my requirements for serving God had been completely turned upside down. The theme this week has been all of me in response to all of him. This is going to look differently for each and every one of us in this room today. Um, God calls us to different places, locations. We have to be certain that our motivations and our desires are not clouding our judgment because it's so easy for us in our human brains to do that. And also, our calls change over time. I'm no longer called to be a student missionary this year. Right now, I'm called to be here at home in my local community, serving God, being a friend to others. I'm in school now. I learned that I do want to be a teacher. Um, God has changed the call for my life over time. So we're each at different points in our lives. The call for you is going to be different than the call for me. But today I want, to I want you to consider how God has called you to be a missionary to those around you. Happy Sabbath. My name is Dustin Evans, and I went to the uh, Marshall Islands out in the South Pacific to a little tiny island called Majuro. And I served as a teacher as well for um, 8th, 10th, and 12th grade math. And it was a really neat experience. And uh, just to give a little background, how I decided to become a missionary, very short. It happened during a student missions vespers, which they have every year at Southern Adventist University, and they invite different speakers each year. And the speaker for that weekend, you know, I'd been going to the meetings that they were holding all throughout the week, and I felt impressed by God that he wanted made me, me to go be a student missionary. So student missions, student missions vespers came, and I felt really impressed by God, and the speaker said something that really stuck out in my mind, and I think it really ties into the theme that we have at camp meeting this year. 
He said four simple words. He said, let go, let God. And we got to let go, you know, this world and that we live in and let God lead in our everyday life. And I really felt impressed by God that this is what I wanted to do. And I did that. I'm going to touch on the culture shock this morning that I went through. And one of the culture shocks I experienced, which was kind of kind of crazy for me, was, was timeliness. In the islands, the people are not very, very timely on a, with what they do in their life. For example, if the party starts at 6 o'clock, you're lucky if it starts at 7.30. Or 9 o'clock, it'll probably be 9 or 10 o'clock before the party starts. And the students would not come to class on time. And I could tell you, I had a student in my homeroom. I had 12th grade as my homeroom. And I had the one, this one student. I could probably count on two hands how many times he showed up to class on time. And I'm a very timely person. That kind of irritated me. And I said, well, I'm in a different culture. This isn't America. So I had to adjust to it. And praise the Lord, that student actually decided that he wanted to become a doctor. And, and uh, he actually became the valedictorian of the class. Unfortunately, he wasn't on time. But <laughs> Which I, I told him, I said... I say, you know, if if uh, you have a patient who's on their deathbed and and uh, you come late to work, they probably have a very little chance of surviving. But we're not going to dwell there. <laughs> One of the other experiences I had was uh, the the food. The food was very different over there, and. Like, we would go to the grocery store, and there was not enough fresh fruit and vegetables. And I really had to rely on God, because I only got like a $250 stipend a month. And the majority of that went to pay for food. And a lot of the food was imported, so it was already going bad. And that was a very challenging culture shock for me especially being here in America. Also, the other thing that was kind of a bit of a challenge to me was there was no air conditioning at all. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the uh, like, the certain buildings in the school were, were air conditioning, but, like, where I lived was not air conditioned, and and I said, Lord, you got to help me get through this because I don't know how I'm going to live here for 10 months and no air conditioning. Luckily, I adjusted. And just a real quick story to sum it up. At the end of all the challenges I experienced, and there's many more, but um, at the end of the year, we had a student week of prayer. And the, I kid you not, for high school, just the high school, not the whole entire school, they made an appeal at the end of this week of prayer, and more than 75% of the students 
gave their heart to God at the end of that week of prayer. And I felt like, you know, no matter what cultural shock I went through, just to see that was a blessing in and of itself. And to sum it up all, sum it all up, we're called to be missionaries not only overseas, but here in our local church. So we don't have to to be missionaries overseas. Right here, your local church needs you. And I encourage each and every one of you, no matter which age range, which age range you're in, to be a missionary right here in your church in the U.S. All right, so once the culture shock wore off, we moved into kind of a more settled-in time, which has its benefits, but also disadvantages. You're starting to get to know the people better, and they know you, and you're starting to make friendships and trying to have some more struggles with friendships, maybe. Um, But also, as a teacher, the kids are getting more comfortable with you, and so they're really showing you their true selves, and sometimes that is a little bit of a struggle. So as I was getting settled, I was finding that as most new things, when they wear off, they're not as exciting anymore. You can do anything for about a month, and it's okay. You can run on adrenaline. I could do a diet, a pretty extreme diet, for like maybe a week, but after that, it's harder. And that's how it was for me. I was all excited. Everything was new. I could just fly by the seat of my pants as a teacher, and I was like, oh, that was pretty good. But it didn't last like that forever. And I started having some more difficulties. I was starting to get tired. It was getting tiring to continue to keep these kids focused and try to teach them new things and have them respect me, but also be kind and teach them about God and the balance and everything. So as it turns out, when you go overseas, you still have the same problems as you do at home. You still have the same temptations and difficulties, and you're still the same sinful person. So that was a little bit disappointing to find out. And I think that happens with anything that God calls us to. At first, we're excited or the new things keep us busy. But then as we start to settle in, it gets a little bit harder to keep on going. But that's what giving your all is all about. Just going as a missionary isn't good enough. You still have to be a missionary once you get there. So that was something that I really struggled with. And I had to learn that every day you have to give your all to God. And every second and then every millisecond, and you're not always going to be successful. It's very rare that you go and plant a seed in the morning, and you go back in the nighttime, and you get to pick an apple. (laughs) So that's something that I know that you guys face, too, in your work, that you don't always get to be the planter and the harvester. And when you're being a student missionary, you're coming in on the tail end of someone else's work. So you get to do a little bit of harvesting from what they planted. Sometimes it's weeds. But (laughs) you do a lot of planting for the people the next year. And that's something that you just have to accept. And I wanted to see some fast growth. 
And I got to see that with one of my students, Marie. At the beginning of the year, she was an absolute tyrant. She would be stealing things from the other kids, and then she would lie about it. She liked to make tapping noises throughout the class, or she would clap her hands, and I would continually be asking her to please stop. Um, And she was also a very difficult student. She was having a hard time with her work. So I kept her after school, and we worked together. And I got to see a plant grow out of that seed and that work that I did with Marie. She became one of my favorite students, and she really loved me at the end of the year, and we had a good bond. There was another student, though, named RJ, who did not know how to count or to say the alphabet or even really to speak English. And I tried with RJ, and I did the same things I did with Marie, and I just tried and tried, but I was not the teacher that RJ needed. And that was something hard for me, um, to leave and know that RJ still didn't know how to read. And I don't know if he knew his ABCs. And that was a failure, I felt like. But um, you may come across something like that in your mission work, too. And I just want to encourage you that we don't see the entire picture of what God is doing. And I was sitting on my porch in Pompeii one day, and there was a giant spider web in front of me and a small spider in it. And I thought, man, that spider doesn't really know what he's created. He's done something pretty awesome. But he just sees this little web coming out behind him, and he's like, oh, that's all there is still? I've been going for a long time. He doesn't see this intricate web that he's built, and it's beautiful. And I found this poem. It's called The Tapestry Poem. Maybe you've heard it, and I just want to close with it um, because I think it applies to all of our missions. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors. He weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reasons why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can d- can deny. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice with him. So whatever God is asking you to do, I want you to go ahead and do it and trust him to make something beautiful out of what he gives you. Uh, Good morning and happy Sabbath, everyone. My name is David Harris, and I am a senior math major at Southern Adventist University. Well, I guess you could say I'm kind of an oddball compared to the other three missionaries because I'm the only one out of the four that did not go to an island. Um, I went to Comayagua, Honduras. Um, I guess as a little background of as the place where I wanted to go, I too, like Jennifer, did not want to go to an island. I felt like I would feel claustrophobic if I stayed there too long. So um, I wanted to go to a place where I could teach math and practice my Spanish. Well, uh, I got one of those things. I got to go to a place where I could teach, uh, speak Spanish. 
But as you can see throughout our mission experience, if any of you guys are thinking about being missionaries in the future, one thing you may need to keep in mind is you may go there to set out to do something, but when you get there, you actually end up doing something else. <laughs> so I went there to teach math, but instead I was graced with the wonderful surprise of teaching literature and grammar instead, <laughs> which is my least favorite subject. So thankfully, the school that I worked in was a bilingual school, so I was able to teach in English. If it was Spanish literature and grammar, that would have been even worse. <laughs> but thankfully, I was able to teach in English. Um, so as you could imagine, it was pretty difficult at first, but I started getting into the groove of things after a while. I taught eighth grade literature and 11th grade grammar. And eventually, after talking to the administration for a few months, they gave me my own math class as well. So I did get some experience uh, after praying for three or four months. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you guys about the journey of returning as an SM because a lot of times we don't touch on that. So uh, I wanted to start to, when I returned to the U.S. from being a student missionary, you know, I, it was great doing all of God's work for 10 months, but at this point I was pretty ready to go home and see my family and friends that I hadn't seen for a while. So when I first arrived, you know, it felt great. I guess you could say I, I felt kind of like a celebrity because I would run into everybody and say, David, wow, I haven't seen you in 10 months. How are you doing? Tell me about Honduras. And, you know, I would begin, and they would say, how was it? And I wouldn't really know how to respond to that question a lot. You know, that's such a broad question after 10 months of living in a place. And so I would begin to explain and at first, they, the people would listen, but they eventually kind of lost interest. And that was pretty difficult for me, you know. I started feeling kind of alone because I didn't really have anyone to relate to. Um, unlike most of the other student missionaries here, I was the only one who, at my location, I didn't have any other student missionaries with me. So I didn't really have a lot of people to connect to. Um, and on top of this, I had to go back to being a student, and since I'm a math major, imagine not looking at differential equations or set theory and logic for a year and having to remember how to do all of these problems and hope to not fail your classes. So uh, it was really difficult adjusting to being a student again. However, Southern recognized that there was a need to talk to the student missionaries who returned from their locations. So Southern came up with this program where I, along with the other missionaries, were required to talk to uh, social work students that were former SMs to um, give us counseling sessions. Now, this was a great notion on their part because it allowed the social work students to get hands-on experience in their career while empathizing with the student missionaries and talking to them about the difficulties or the great things that happened. It was nice because you could talk to someone who kind of had an idea of everything that you went through. On top of this, after a few months later, I was able to connect with someone online who served in my location, 
a couple years ago. So it was nice to be able to talk to someone who went to the same places that I did and talk to the same people that I did. Um, these, these two events helped me to feel more connected back at home. You know, the theme today is called All of Me in Response to All of Him. Well, being a teacher in Honduras, I really had to give my all. You know, I didn't, I came to this location to do one thing and, you know, God presented me with another opportunity. And there were a lot of times where I didn't feel that anyone really appreciated the work that I was doing. But as the pastor said last night, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Many of us are called to do great things and serve in the world, but few do it, and it's, it's difficult, you know. But I realized that my mission wasn't to make everyone like me. My mission was to give my all for the glory of God. And just because you give your all to the glory of God doesn't mean that you're going to have an easy carefree lifestyle. I mean, if we look back into the Bible, Peter was crucified for giving his all for God. Stephen was stoned to death for giving his all to God. Now, I'm not saying that I was being physically oppressed, but there were, you know, many times that I was discouraged throughout my experience. However, I knew that it was all worth it as long as I was doing it for God's glory. I recently got to return to Honduras for two weeks. I was there from May 9th to May 26th, so I got back last Thursday. And going back, I was amazed to see how many people were really glad to see me return. Two of my friends were shocked that I came back, and they said, you know, David, we're used to people coming here and just leaving and never coming back, and we never thought that we would see you again. And that was a really a big blessing that you felt touched by God to make you come back here. I, one of my friends in particular, his name was Josue, I had a water bottle that acted as a filter that I would use to filter my water throughout the year. And before I left, I left it for him because I knew I wouldn't really need to use it back here in the U.S. And coming back 10 months later, I see that he's still using that water bottle to this day. And he, used, he and his family still use it. And I, it was then and there that I realized that my time in Honduras had a big purpose. If I hadn't been there, if God hadn't sent me there, his family wouldn't have an efficient way to filter water. And coming back here, the mission experience doesn't end here. As my fellow SMs have said, we can all do mission work wherever we go. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And as long as we trust and give our all for him, we can shine a light in the life of others. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer and Dustin, Kim and David. Isn't it exciting to hear firsthand stories? How many here have served as a student missionary? Let me see your hand. Okay, how many have gone with Share Him? Add to your hand, those hands. Keep those hands up if you're a student missionary. Share Him. How about a short-term mission trip? Raise your hand. Okay. Those experiences change our lives, don't they? And they are powerful. And yes, we want to help the people where they are, but I think the Lord helps us and transforms us in that process in a powerful way. So I hope that you were blessed this morning. 
You know, it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Desire of Ages says, by giving the gospel to the world, it is in our power to hasten our Lord's return. We're not only to look for, but to hasten the coming of the day of God. I challenge each and every one of you and myself, what is God asking us to do in the area of mission? And where can we be missionaries today? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your many blessings to us. The blessing of your word, the blessing of the truth that it is our privilege to know. Lord, may we be missionaries. May we light candles in areas of the world that are still in darkness. And those areas may be right next door. Help us to be open to the leading of your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.